0: his presence and we are very very happy to welcome you here today to worship the lord and we can feel his presence this is a holiness church we believe in holiness we believe in baptism in the name of jesus unashamedly we believe in that hallelujah and we practice that that's what we're about And that's why you can feel the Holy Ghost here. That doesn't mean you couldn't feel the Lord in other ways. I've been in all kinds of meetings where I suddenly felt the presence of the Lord. And I knew that I was not necessarily in the house of God, but I felt the presence of God. But it's different when you walk into an apostolic Pentecostal meeting where folks are filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a marvelous thing, and we thank God for it. And people are getting the Holy Ghost. They're not just in apostolic churches. They're getting the Holy Ghost all over the place. And that's because we serve a great God. Put your hands together and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because you're stirring hearts. Now grab your Bibles. I want you to turn with me, if you would, in the Word of God to St. John 11. I know that you think that they've honored the pastor, so it just took all day, but... Uh, Hey, we should take several hours doing. No, I'm just kidding. That was was great. But uh, we're going to go right ahead here. John chapter 11. I'm reading concerning the death, the surprise death and the sickness of a man named Lazarus. Many have heard of Lazarus and all the emotions that come with that uh, horrible disappointment of death. And Jesus had healed so many. He had so many people he had healed, and so the three-letter word on everybody's lips that day was "why." John 11, 21 if you have it there. Uh, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if see it. Think of what could have been. She was saying, she was she was saying, "If thou hadst been here," and then the. The deafening why 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 you you healed all these others and your your closest friend is is dead with just a sickness that you could have healed all this directed at Jesus if thou hadst been here and all of the uncertainty and confusion of death and so today I bring to you a message entitled certainty in uncertain times Certainty in uncertain times. Can you say that with me? Certainty in uncertain times I'd like you to set your Bibles down just for a moment I want you to grab it in again in a minute but I want us to pray shall we let's lift our hearts and you pray in your own way and let's pray for the anointing upon the man of God the word of God that eyes will be open let's pray dear Lord yes we are facing uncertain times there's no doubt about it and we do not face them without uh the fears that the world faces but we do not them. Face them without certainty. You are giving us in these times the hope that we need. Help us, each and every one, everybody, under the sound of my voice, help us to see that you are the only hope. You are truly Lord of all. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. In his name. Praise God. Please, please be seated. I want to <clears throat> I want to speak to you for just a few moments. From John 11. The death of Lazarus in Bethany. That is the Lazarus who was brother of Mary and Martha. Now there there aren't many Lazaruses, but there are several Marys and Marthas in Scripture. Especially Marys. So Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. These are two women that may be the most well-known women in all the Bible. And the shocking a seemingly unnecessary death of their brother, who was the close friend of Jesus himself. <clears throat> I think many times we face circumstances we don't understand. And I'm not saying that you will always understand them. When the doctor walked in and said to me, your son has cancer, two-year-old son has cancer. I just I, I, blew me right away. I mean, it was like you might as well have said uh, almost anything as to say that. Uh, There are many times that we are facing circumstances that we don't understand. But I am here to tell you, there's someone who does understand the circumstances. When things seem impossible, there is a God that can do the impossible. Hallelujah. Anybody believe that here this morning? So the Apostle John carefully presented the death that is, John the Apostle writing about Lazarus strategically placed Lazarus's story as the seventh miracle. John does a lot of this interesting because the number seven is in itself a number of the number of God, as they would say. The number seven indicated. And I, I feel like something happening here this morning that says we are in not, we're not just lined up and we don't know what's going to happen next. We're in the very will of God. We feel the very presence of God. And he's in this place. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you love him one more time? Put your hands together. Thank you, Jesus. And so it is that I say, I don't say that because the number seven is magical, only that he would do this in a way to say, we have now reached an apex. And so it is today as I speak to this church in Jonesboro, there are many, many things happening around you that you can barely comprehend why and what is going on, but God understands all about it. I'm speaking today to your family and to your needs and and to your very spirit. You know, it's not just a matter of fear feeling something like you, you have a little, a little feeling, maybe you, like you had a little birthday party, so you feel a little, a little nice, nice feelings. not talking about just feeling nice feelings. I'm talking about God actually doing something inside that, that begins to do an, a work in the inner man. Hallelujah. Miracles beginning to take place. The seventh miracle is the story that wasn't even supposed to happen. God let him die, and yet God was still in charge. So I'm talking to you today. You don't understand it. I may not understand it. But God understands exactly what's going on. So that seventh miracle of this inspired fourth gospel speaks of divine emphasis that God knows. He knows where we are. America, God knows where we are. He knows all of the the ills about us. He knows all of the sin and all of the... Uh, all of the troubles that we face as a as a people he knows the people in every nation of the world he knows the east from the west he knows every people in the earth and he is going to be right on time hallelujah can you say praise the lord it may seem as though It's not going to happen. Because in the great scheme of things, we seem like we're lost in the scheme. Seems like the politicians play all the games. They've got all these games they're playing and and we're sort of shuffled in the game of life. But I am telling you today, you are not lost in the game of life. You were made in the image of God. He doesn't fool with you. He doesn't put up with racism and ungodliness and vile hearts. What he does is he miraculously changes individuals. So today you want to grab that bottle and and chug it down. You want to grab those drugs and and you got to have it. But tomorrow it will be a different day because God knows what he's doing. He's getting ready to deliver you. It's the miracle. It's the seventh miracle of heaven. So only God, my friend, can take life's greatest confusion and bewildering circumstances into his powerful hands. He knows what he's doing. He knows who you are. He knows your heritage. He knows your family. He knows your troubles. He knows what happened. Maybe you've never told anybody in the world what's happened. There are stories I, I can barely tell from my past. And if I tell them, it is ex- I use extreme caution before I would even bring it up because there are things that happen in our lives that we can share with no one. But I tell you right now, your God knows all about it he knows where you've been he knows who you are he knows your trouble he knows your problems in the bewilderment of our world god has not lost sight of you and it troubles me that people think that the politicians are going so in case you're listening to this tape later we're a few weeks out from elections and people go completely cuckoo during election time and they think that somebody that holds some office is going to change the whole world for them and i'm not downgrading the importance of your issues i i'm just telling you you can do all the politics this world allows you and you will still face death you will still come up short You can have the office and you can have the name and you can call yourself what you want. My friend, you take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I need Jesus. That's who I need. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. God is able to take you from the past into his perfect will right now. Now this is why Christians... Have a faith and hope that's beyond man's mere efforts at comprehending. That Christianity is not just the sum of all the games that we play. That's not what Christianity is. Now, I disagree with a lot of Christians about a lot of things. I tell you what I disagree with most. Well, let me think. That's a hard... (laughs) Uh, Okay, I disagree most with Christians... That have God in their life. And they act like a bump on a pickle. All right? They sit there like a bump on a log. And I'm not talking about you folks. I'm talking about, I know Christians say, oh, I really love the Lord. Then why do you go to church and sit there like you're scared out of your brain? And if someone said, hallelujah, you dial 911. I've been mocked. I've been laughed at. I got my... Uh, degree One time a professor said to me, tell me, I really like you, but you're you're one of those radical Pentecostals. And I was supposed to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, that's not all. You should have seen me Sunday night. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're, you just saw me in Greek class. You should have seen me Sunday night when the Holy Ghost began to move. Hallelujah. It's all over me and it's keeping me alive. It's the Holy Ghost and fire and it's keeping me alive. Hallelujah. All right. See, we know that there's more than all the. uh, do I dare bring other people into this? The educators. Are you against education? Nope. I'm not against education. But a lot of people think they're going to get all educated. And they're going to be so educated. That's why they hold their nose up a certain way. It takes training to do that. Oh, friend, I'm trying to tell you. If you have a hundred degrees and you're the richest man living, you still have not found the answer for which your soul longs. Your soul is longing for the God of the seventh miracle. The God that can take death in his hands and say, Get out of here and leave them alone. Come on, let's praise him one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Certainty in uncertain times. So we know that there's more than all the uh, experts. We'll just leave it at that. All the experts. Oh, COVID. It's almost like they're worshiping it. COVID. Well, if you'd call the name of Jesus out with half of that con- <laughs> Anyway, they're experts and I'm not taunting them. In fact, I thank God for them. I thank God for medicine. But if the doctor says, your boy is not going to make it, I say, doctor, I'm not believing that. I'm going to believe God. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody here right now. Could you lift your hand and say, Father, I'm putting my trust in heaven. I'm putting my confidence in heaven, not in the uncertainties here. The Roman philosopher Celsus, and I am one of the wackos that loves Roman philosophy. I am cuckoo and I studied Latin for years and I got a degree in ancient language. When I was 14, I'd already been at the university and had my first two years of Latin under my belt. And people would say, What? Don't you have a life? That's what we do see. Why am I not out there shooting a basket through the hoop or something like that? Because uh, we all have our, our thing. But Celsus was a very interesting Roman. Uh, I'm going to call him a commentator on Christianity because Christ had come and died. Christianity was just people couldn't understand it. And here's what he wrote. I didn't translate it. Just took it from a, from a translation. Celsus wrote about Christians. It's interesting. Here's what he said. This Christ came into the world to found a terrible society of people. And why? I'm adding that in. Because he didn't call good, righteous people. Or clever people or educated people but a bunch of sinners the beaten and broken and the defeated that's what he wrote second century trying to describe how pitiful Christians were because they just came from a bunch of defeated broken well, I got news for you. That's exactly why Jesus came. Woo, hallelujah. That's exactly why Jesus came. He knows where you're broken and beaten and troubled. And God has the answer in the midst of all of it. So let me suggest that religion isn't about man's ability, it is about God's ability. Breaking into our troubled world to show us what we don't know. That's the point. Someone said, I don't understand all the clapping and the jumping. <laughs> and let me—and <laughs> I understand that. First time I walked into a Pentecostal church years ago, I thought, wacko. Where do they get a room full of people this wacky? exactly what i thought and uh you know when things are different some people are used to religion as long as it's quiet and stays out of their business but when religion becomes emotional when people are saying wait a minute i couldn't see but i can see now well that just shakes people up i mean when you see my leg was broke but now i can walk on it god has healed my body well that shakes people up and they're going What? And so they have to categorize. Oh, that's got to be fake or that's got to be emotionalism or surely not. Or I'm going to come back and see if that leg is still working in two weeks or whatever. That's because we're, we're human. We're sinners. We, that's the way we think. But God breaks into our uncertainty. And uh, into our world, in fact, I'm going to say it right now. I'm not going to preach long, but I'm going to preach my heart today. I'm telling you that no matter what you have faced... No matter what this pandemic has brought, I've taught, preached, thought about it in numerous ways. But I am here to tell you right now that no pandemic and no trouble will ever take the place of my worship unto my God. My God is an awesome God. God breaks into the midst of it. Now I'm going to say it because I know you're not going to let me preach too long. So I'm going to say it now while I got a chance. I believe that this horrific pandemic that has impacted the world. And I do not say it with stupidity or ignorance. I know it's severity. Perhaps the one thing about it that is the most understandable is that it is extremely uh, contagious and deadly, extremely deadly, Ma- s- m- precisely because so many, not because so many die percentage wise, but because so many, it's just almost like I, I saw a doctor giving an illustration of uh, why churches should be careful and wear masks and so on. And, and they were showing a person and they had some kind, of, I don't know what they were using. And it kind of made me a little troubled <laughs> And the guy, I thought, with me preaching, they were saying that let's say you're, you sneeze up here in the altar, which, you know, we don't necessarily sneeze in the altar, but let's say you did. They showed the particles of moisture coming from the person sneezing and the distance it travels and how it hangs in the air. Am I scaring some of you already? It hangs in the air, and let's assume there was COVID in, the, in that, then that could be dangerous, of course. And, and, it would, and so I, I, I listed a little bit further, and, uh, and it said, Do you want to know the distance that travels? And so I thought, Yes, I want to see, I know the distance. I could just see the altars, and, and I could see me preaching. I mean, this is way more than any sneeze you ever saw, the way I'm preaching. Woo! I mean, it's just way out there. So, but it'd be pretty rough preaching in a mask. Pretty rough. And so we're, we're pretty good distance. But the doctor said that the distance was 27 feet from the sneezer... To the other side, where, the, where it ends. It's the sneezy. So you sneeze and the, and the particle, and then it can hover in the air for a very long time. I forget the length of time, but it's a considerable length of time. And so, uh, you know, you could ask questions and, and uh, they were sending in questions. Well, what could you do to, to keep that from happening? They said, make sure the ventilation is working or you have a fan blowing. This is from a major doctor, major center. For di- disease, that you could you could uh, you could blow a, use a fan and blow that out of the air, and if people are wearing masks, of course it would it would be uh, you know it could be protective and so on. I mean, just think of a world like we're living in. I don't know if there is a nation. I I've heard of one, Uganda. I heard Uganda has almost none. Some nations, for some reason, are not being are immune to it some way, but. <clears throat> I've never lived through it. I know other periods of human history, they've lived through such things. But I want to tell you what I believe. I believe God has brought us to a day in the world like we're in right now. So that we could recognize that God is bigger than the pandemic. That God is bigger than our trouble. Now, this isn't being cocky or smart. It isn't trying to say, don't be careful. It is telling you that God is able to do anything. Whatever your problem is, God is bigger than your problem. Put put your hands together and thank God for it right now. Come on, close your eyes and forget about everybody else and, and just say, Jesus, I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. So religion isn't about man's ability, but God breaking into our world, showing us what we don't know, what we don't have. Are you able to let God do that? Or are you just so tough, you just can't? Is there life after death? Is there life after death? Do you have a soul and does it live even after the body is gone? Or do you do as many scientists I know today say? Many don't, but I'm just saying many do. Those, the, those scientists that are atheists say, you're just like a dog or a, or a leaf on a tree. Now we know that's not true. We know it's not true. We look at this building and we look at the highways and the, and the skyscrapers and the computers. I've got a... a Where's, oh, I don't have it. You have one. Let me use yours. I want to touch your phone. Actually touch it. Now open it. Open it. Okay. Okay. This phone now is a wallet. It's a computer. It's a f- cell phone. I can call China right now. I'll call China for me dialed China, somewhere over in China. And th- uh, what I'm telling you is man can do amazing things because man has got potential and capabilities and all of these things. And we look around and we know that we're more than a leaf on a tree. You can phil- philosophize all day long that you're just a bug in the forest, but you know better, you know better. You know better. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so I'm talking to you. In these uncertain times. God is not taken by surprise. God is not held back or proven to be inferior. God will show you and make your soul see through the fear. And through the uncertainty. You say, well, Brother Finch, I'm not ready for that. Well... That may be. You know, it takes people time to think about why do preachers get loud like that? Why do they get emotional and so on? I understand that. Um, Someone said, well, I think I would understand that very soft if you said, repent and be baptized like a radio announcer every one of you in the name I could say it soft sure but I didn't come here to say it soft I came here to say it with all of my soul with my might (laughs) I've come to say it with my emotion. I've come to say it from the depth of my being. God is greater than any problem that you face. Through your uncertainty. Now, as you know, death is the great uncertainty. The best some can do to face it is hope they are just an animal or an insect that disappears and that's it, like a, sort of like a puff of smoke or something. Of course, we know that nothing actually disappears. It, it's a law of the universe that all energy continues. You cannot get rid of energy, no matter what you do. Now, you can get rid of the smoke, but it turns into some other energy. So they think, well, I'm just going to go uh, into the dust and be somebody's flower garden. But our soul tells us that we're more than that. Every invention of the human mind, all the jets, the skyscrapers, the medical advances. I mean, think about how quickly they've been attacking this whole pandemic and trying to, I'm talking about globally, doctors. I mean, it's, it's just amazing figuring out, well, first time I read how the, how the virus attaches itself to the molecules of your body, I thought, whoa. Well, they'd figured that out a that's just called a virus. They figured that out a long time ago. But man cannot live with I'm just a dog solution, and they know it. Lazarus was Jesus' close friend, as were Mary and Martha. And Mary had taken her hair, her glory, her long uncut glory, and came to Jesus. And the Bible said she took ointment and she anointed his feet and she wiped. His feet off with her hair. All of this is symbolic of how God begins to intervene. I'm talking to some people here tonight. You're wondering how you're ever going to get to where you need to be. If you'll surrender yourself and give your glory to God. And let God be God. Everything's getting ready to turn around in your life. She so believed in Christ that she, because she became one of his dearest friends. So many can say that their hearts want to honor Jesus, but they doubt and the doubts begin to crowd it out. In other words, in their mind, they would never admit it, but you know, I actually like that. I really felt the Lord at that church, something like that. But they're not going to admit that, not tomorrow. They're not going to say, well, this guy was preaching, you should have seen him. No, they're not going to say that. They're going to go right on. So what you've got to do is say, wait a minute. What I need from God, what I need in this world is more than just an attitude toward religion. So Lazarus died unnecessarily because Jesus could have healed him like he does so many. He healed and he healed. But why didn't he heal? That's the question. And many of you are waiting for an answer. Why? Why does it happen this way? And John tells us because God wanted you to have your doubts answered when the glory of God came down upon a dead man and brought life back into his body now all the geniuses will say well i don't believe that happened that's what they say i don't believe that it doesn't care how many thousands saw it somebody made that up and so on and so forth like speaking in tongues just because i have a phd i have people say you you believe in speaking in tongues a language you don't know you teach language you know you know several languages, you teach languages. How can you say you speak a language you don't know? Because I do. I speak a language I don't know. I may know a bunch, but the one I'm speaking, <laughs> I know that isn't Hebrew. Someone said, <laughs> when, when one of our pastors, who was an African American, one of our founders of our denomination, uh, got the Holy Ghost, he said, that it was like he began to speak, he pastored in Indianapolis, got one of the largest churches in the world, and he said that when he got the Holy Ghost, he walked in in that little Indianapolis storefront, and the power of God hit him and knocked him to the ground. I may be the only person who' ever found the written detail of this story. And I published it in one of my books. He said, "And then I began to speak fluent Latin. And I thought... Uh, whoa! Fluent Latin. I knew Latin. I teach Latin. Uh, you mean to tell me? And so I kept digging. They just thought he was a black pastor in a Jim Crow world. Had you know who? Who in the world did he think he was? And turned out, never been published. He was one of the most brilliant men of his time when they wouldn't allow certain people in the classrooms he was studying greek at one of the finest educational centers in indianapolis and was studying greek so he could read his greek new testament hey let me tell you my friend i want to tell you right now god gives the holy ghost to the poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich it depends on what is their desire Are they hungering for what God has? So God wants you to have your doubts answered. And the answer, Jesus said, to the stumbling in the dark is to step into the light. When you see the light, you begin to step. Now, it scares you once in a while. You have to be, not just remember, but get it deep in your heart. That Lazarus didn't just die. But he had been in the grave for four days. This brought scorn on Jesus more than usual. Because he was quite, I find amazing that you would, that you would scorn someone that's raising the dead and healing people. But they did. But, but the scorn was, wasn't this his dear friend? Are you telling me he's healing all these strangers and his best friend dies and he doesn't get here for four days? Even Mary. Was called to speak with Jesus. Said Mary come on meet me at a certain place. The Bible tells you where it was. And the Bible says she just began to weep. I'm going to say do you ever use the expression weep. Uh, weep hard. Have you ever heard that? Was that the way you would say it? She began to really really weep and she began to say it was like it got a hold of her. Lord, if only you had come. The why the uncertainty. I don't understand it. I've seen you do more than any uh, other miracles of any human being and yet my own brother, your very best friend is now dead four days in the grave. But the Bible says something very unique at this point. He says Jesus saw her weep Weeping and her pain, and he groaned in his spirit. His spirit. Grown, not like grief, and the, you 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 take this for what it's worth. Not because like, oh, I'm so sad about it. He he was of course sad at the death of his friend, but because of indignation that this world is caught up in all of these things when God has the answer and can break the chains of uncertainty. He quickly said, "Where have you laid him? It's time to show death who's boss. It's time to say where." is the problem i've come in the name of jesus christ would you stand with me i want us to pray together i believe that massive stone over the grave needs to be removed from many of your hearts today the verse 38 says it was a cave that he was in and that's where many a man has been bound by sin and death you're in the caves of life but god can and will change all of that Roll that stone out of the way. Praise God. And they could do that. You know, folks, there's some things you've got to do yourself. You can't say, if God had moved that big old stone, look at that big old stone there over my life. And God's saying, hey, get your lazy bones up. I'm not moving your stone there. I got something to do for you and it's not do what you can do. And some people want what God has, but they're not willing to live as they must live. And turn their heads. When I met Sister French, I was determined I was going to meet her. Whatever I had to do and still go to heaven. I was going to meet her. Hello, Mrs. Smith, Sister Smith, how are you? Sister Rebecca, that's what I always called her. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm an evangelist, very good evangelist. And I'm traveling all over. God bless you. We'll see you later. Nice to meet you. And then I thought, well, that didn't work. So so I came back and I brought my sister. My youngest sister, did I bring Sheila? And Sandra. Boy, I was going for it. And I said, "These are my sisters. They can sing." And I knew she was the director of the children's choir. Ooh. And I said, "I I travel and I get new songs everywhere I go. Would you like me to uh, send you any new songs I get for children?" I didn't touch her, but you know, but I, I can now. It's it's legal now. So, um, would you like me to send you any songs I get while I'm traveling? And yes. Oh, yes, I would love to have those songs. I said, well, if you'll give me your address and your phone number, I'll. Uh... Now, folks, you can laugh, but. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know why? Man, I heard her over there on that piano. It was looked about like that. At uh, Brother McCool's church, I think. And she went up to and she started playing. uh, I I remember all. I'm not going to give you all the details. She started playing and running across. And I went, something in my Holy Ghost. I said, whoa. Whoa, I really wanted to worship. I just don't understand people that say I'm hungering for God. But I'm never going to sit down at a table. I'm never going to reach out and get a hold of it. I'm just going to talk about how I'm hungry. What you're talking about is conviction. Conviction and hunger are two different things. When you're hungering for righteousness, you're going to be filled. You're going to get everything God has for you. So he says to Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. Lazarus, come forth. God is speaking to someone today I want us to step out every saint now some of you don't want to come and and you're worried about it so I'm not getting in your space here but everybody that feels like you could come and distance across there's a whole lot of room up here if you want to get up on the steps you can do that they're going to sing go ahead and sing it I want us to pray for one another today I want us to pray for our neighbors and people all across our city that God will help them in these times of uncertainty and that God will give them certainty your problem. Sing it! to do it. I know that this is completely from your own heart, but I wonder if you could lift both your hands towards heaven as they sing that one more time. And I want you to tell the Lord that you're willing. I'm willing to do what you've asked me to do. I'm willing to repent of my sins. Be baptized in somebody's close to you don't touch them because they may may not be the best thing but I want you to reach your hand toward them i want you to reach your hand towards somebody and maybe your other hand towards someone else and get your mind just off of that need and i want you to pray for someone right now let's pray right now lift your voice and let's pray for one another in the name of jesus if you want to lay hands on someone and they want you to that's okay with me but i want you to just be very selective hallelujah that's it jesus right now